This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Moded Studios Embroidered Patches and Apparel. Go to modedstudios.com and check out all the latest and greatest and the coolest patches around. I'm going to start with one of my favorites. It's Snow White smoking out of an apple. Uh, it, there's nothing better than Snow White smoking weed out of her poisoned apple. I mean, just so many layers to that. Uh, the other one I like a lot is Baby Yoda from The Mandalorian. And then, of course, I love the SpongeBob. I, I'm out of here meme patch where he's getting up from his chair like, you've seen those memes. I don't need to explain it. Go to modestudios.com, M-O-D-E-D-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com, and buy shit now they're always updating their website and they do custom work modedstudios.com go out get some now on with the show Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Mrs. Ashley Kelly of the acoustic duo Picking Kelly, which sometimes they're an, a full band, but for the most part, they're an acoustic duo. You can find them on the web at kellymusicinc.com. That's K-E-L-L-E-Y-M-U-S-I-C-I-N-C.com. I had a lovely, lovely conversation with Ashley, and she's just a just a wonderful human being and uh, and a sweet soul, like just a very sweet soul. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Uh, but first, I'm gonna direct you guys over to reinamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. There you'll find the latest release, which we are releasing a couple tunes this Friday, January 25th. No, no, I'm getting the head shake. Oh, this Saturday, January 25th, uh, we're going to have a couple new tunes up at on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, anywhere you can find stream music. There'll be some new tunes up there. Uh, we're doing something kind of cool, and I'm going to have the lady herself on the show soon here so she can explain it. But we're going to be releasing some songs every month for the year of 2020. So be on the lookout for that. You can also go to the Experience tab and click on that song, bitch, and find out where me and my beautiful wife will be playing around the Toledo region. Also, go check out wespeakenglishgood.com. It's been a while since I've pushed that song, bitch, too, so go and check that out. Uh, follow us on Instagram. I have totally been slacking on my tutorials and such, so uh, it's kind of gone back to just me throwing shit up there, but I am going to do the tutorials again, I promise. It's just, it's been fucking madness. Chaos ensuing uh, around every corner, uh, but in a good way. Good chaos. It's it's good chaos. <laughs> You can leave a review for us on iTunes, uh, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. Leave a review. Five stars is preferred, but, you know, I'm not here to tell you how to rate podcasts. Uh, it helps us be found in the algorithm. Uh, that's, sorry, we're moving on now. Uh, let's see, what else we got? Write to show at wespeakenglishgood at gmail.com. And I think that's it for now. Um, before we jump into the to the podcast and, and to the actual 
conversation with Ashley Kelly of Picking Kelly, uh, kellymusicinc.com. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of the emails that I got in regards to the Dave Katz podcast. I had, uh, I had a few emails and comments that I wanted to read, and it was very nice. Everybody was very kind. No, uh, no asshole trolls out there, and no one requested me not to name their names. So I'm going to be naming your name. I told you, if you're going to leave a comment or if you're going to write the show and you don't want me to read that shit online, on air, you better tell me. So no one told me. So here we go. Um, so this was on the Hookah Heads, which I got I to gotta shout out Hookah Heads, the, the group on Facebook. Go join that. If you're an acoustic hookah fan, even if you're not, just go join it. Uh, it's pretty awesome. It's just a fan-ran uh, group on Facebook, but members of the band actually interact in it. So it's really cool. And uh, it, it was a great resource for uh, getting this pod, these last couple podcasts out with the, the members of Acoustic Hookah. Um, they're just a very supportive group, and they're very nice to me. And so I just thought that I would uh, read a couple of the comments. So I posted the podcast up in the Hookah Heads group, and I just said, Hey, fam, uh, Mike here again from the We Speak English Good podcast. I wanted to share this interview I did with David Katz, uh, Dave Katz at his home in Cleveland. We talk extensively about Hookah's many changes and Dave's early life as a hair metal rock star. And then I started thinking, I just wanted to read the post. It, it, that was unnecessary. We're just wasting time at this point. But, you know, just to give you an idea, context, baby. It's all about context. Uh, so first comment is from Justin Brown. Oh, yeah, second episode, baby, exclamation point. So I, I added those uh, inflections just, you know, for, for theater. Um, so I respond to Mr. Justin Brown. Yes, sir. Got to have that follow up. Satan, Satan, Satan. <laughs> Which I didn't write Satan. It's the emoji. But it's supposed to be like rock on. But really it's the, the Satan sign. Um, it's, you know, with your hands. It's with the your forefinger and your pinky up with your middle and your ring finger pinched uh, under your thumb. And it's just you're holding it up, waving it. And it's I, I, that's what I was told when I was young is that was the sign for Satan. But also that's the sign for rocking out. So uh, I put that on a lot of things. Uh, which I stole from Sean Bailey, by the way. He's a rapper and also a guest that was on the show. You should go check him out. He's pretty fucking awesome. He goes under the name Bailey. <clears throat> um, so then the next comment comes from Dana Tipton. Excellent podcast. Thank you, Dana. I appreciate that. That was very short and sweet to the point. You know, it, it, saying thank you or saying, you know, giving love, you know, it doesn't take a big, long explanation. You could just be like, great. <laughs> That works. I appreciate it. And I responded, thanks so much. Uh, and then Joe Clay. Uh, I, I love this one because he was very uh, very enthusiastic about his post. He said, I want to thank Dave Katz for doing this interview. Greatly appreciate the honesty, the chill, and the chill attitude. Also, gratitude to Mike for taking the time to do it. Please keep your podcast going. You got my attention. All I can say is thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much and then a peace sign, and then E-H, and then, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's some emoji that I've never seen in my life. Um, so I respond, wow, man, thank you. Those are very kind words. Truly appreciated, again, with the Satan emoji. Uh, <laughs> uh, but those are 
truly kind words like that that means a lot to me a lot of times i don't get a whole lot of feedback on this shit so it's nice to get a little feedback to know that i'm doing something right i guess i don't know uh, and then Joe responds with another thank you. Thank you again. That was way cool. And you spelled out some link uh, uh, or site to go to. Could you tell me again what it was? Peace. So I indulged. Uh, there's a couple websites, and that's our our, our sponsor, ModedStudios.com. And then, of course, my lovely wife and uh, business partner, fucking bandmate, um, baby mama, wifey extraordinaire uh who's currently i don't know what she said but she's smoking weed and looking real hot doing it um so uh yeah so i i just totally got um distracted because i was looking at my wife's ass (laughs) okay so i think there is one more that we're gonna read and then we're gonna get into ashley i know i'm rambling on and I, i usually reserve this for the end but uh, I was just very excited, and the Dave Katz episode was really fun for me, and um, and it was just the whole hookah, uh, just talking to those guys was just just a tr- pure treat, each and every one of them, and and you know I had a few friends reaching out asking, were you planning on talking to all of them? And I, I no, I don't, but I would. Uh, my plan wasn't really to reach out to each and every one of them. I think that would be a little redundant. But uh, also, I don't know. It just seems like prying a little too much to me. I don't know. I mean, that's my job. I get it. But I just the only other one that I'd really want to pursue, and I feel like that w- it, the hardest one to get would be Steve Sweeney. And nothing against like the Sarge or Cliff or Eric or the other ones that are currently in the band. <laughs> uh, there's nothing against those guys. It's just uh, it's Steve fucking Sweeney. Um, you know, I've had plenty of people on this show who attribute their entire reasoning for playing guitar the way they do to Steve Sweeney and Steve Sweeney, you know, like people listening to this, you know, in California or in other places where hookah wasn't shit, you're not going to know who Steve Sweeney is, but you should. And he's a fucking, he's a guitar god that should be immortalized somewhere, somehow. I mean, I'm, I'm not just blowing smoke. I, I love fucking his playing. So <clears throat> I am going to actively pursue Steve Sweeney. Doesn't seem like the kind of guy that wants to talk to me or talk to anybody for that matter. <laughs> uh, and what I gather from the other members, you know, he seems just like a guy who likes to keep to himself. So... I'm going to try. I'm not going to guarantee anything. I'll try. And I'll probably try to reach out to a couple of the other guys. Um, but, you know, I feel like I've I've ran this hookah thing into the ground. So uh, I don't know. Uh, if you guys want more, let me know. I, I'll do more. I just, uh, you know, I'll, I'll really work on it. But uh, for now, I'm just going to casually throw out, you know, these... Uh, uh, throw this out into the to the ether you know that i want steve sweeney on the show and uh we'll see we'll see what happens i i i I can't uh, guarantee anything okay so there's one more from michael kitts and this was uh an email they say said just wanted to say thanks Uh, oh no this was on um, my bad not email it's facebook messenger I just called it. Well, whatever. Just wanted to say thanks for the ad, bro. I'm listening to your podcast now with Dave, and I'm really enjoying it, even though I already knew most of the info. Either way, very well done. Looking forward to hearing more. Have a good one. Peace. And I said, I really appreciate the love. Thanks for listening. 
And he says, no, thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> That's like the ultra polite Midwest thing to do is like one up people on thanking them. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm thanking you, bro. <laughs> This this gratitude is coming from me only. Uh, and then I also like that Michael had to add in that I already knew everything. <laughs> I already knew it all. But it was just nice to hear it from you. Uh, so, <laughs> Michael, you're obviously a big fan. And uh, thanks for listening to the show. I hope that you uh, stay on board with us through this crazy journey. Okay, that's enough out of me. That's enough about hookah. By the way, McStarcats is playing a couple shows this weekend, uh, uh, January 24th. They'll be in Cincinnati at Stanley's Pub, and then January 25th, they'll be in Cleveland at the Odin with my friends, uh, the Funk Factory, um, uh, Toledo Band. I think the Funk Factory is still playing with them. Uh, but they're going to be doing a special set. It's uh, McStarcats. It's not Hookah, by the way. This is McStarcats, which is Ed McGee, uh, uh Jesus Christ, Cliff Starbuck and uh, Dave Katz. So they're going to be doing on the 25th in Cleveland at the Odin. I believe this is the only one they're doing. I don't know. Maybe they're doing it at Stanley's Pub too, but uh, they're doing an entire set of the Grateful Dead. So that's exciting. They're going to have some special guests sitting in. I think Joe Mersenick, or I think that's how you say it. I think that's who they got in there. Fuck, dude, I'm going off memory right now. So they're going to have, I think it's going to be a full band experience. And uh, I think that's probably the show to not miss is the 25th and the 24th. Hey, tour time, baby. Small tour. Cincy, Cleveland. Let's let's see let's make it happen, guys. I work both nights, so that's uh, I unfortunately can't do that. That's the drawback about being a musician, is that you miss all the good music. So, okay, enough bullshitting. Let's get to Ashley, and we're gonna have a special in studio performance at the end of the show. So stick around for that, and um, the studio performance will be playing us out. And so I will see you on the other side. Here's Ashley Kelly. I'm here, <laughs> I'm here no, to like, no, you know, talk to people. No, I, I get that for sure. No, that's really, that's really considerate of you to ask. I, I just recently started, so I'm not, I'm not a hero of any kind. I'm no, just... but, but still, you know, it's still, that's, that's such a new concept mm. in the grand scheme of things that yeah. I think, you know, it's not, it's not something that is necessarily that prevalent for someone to ask that, so. Good on you, because uh, you will eventually hit that situation where that will mean a lot to someone. Yes, because they are especially not the younger generation. Honestly, absolutely, yeah. The younger generation is very much sensitive it's, it's, um, to to that. So, yeah. and, and, and you know, like there's uh, there's I have family members who are in corporate positions and yeah. stuff, and they're like, um, you know, they're getting the emails now with the preferred yeah. pronouns and stuff, and I don't. I don't know why people are like so mad about it. I can see my biggest thing about we're going by the way. This is it. Um, oh, cool. If you want to put your guitar down or you can hold it if you want to, if it makes you feel comfortable. <laughs> I mean, it's it's good either way. Um the I forgot what I was talking about. Now. Jeez, little piece. That that that's where I'm at. Is I can't remember the yeah. last sentence I just said. And I know what we were talking about, <laughs> but it's now it's like whatever my point. Oh right. yeah. Um, 
No, like I, I think that like doing the pronoun thing is fine. Like mm-hmm. I, I totally accept it because I'm, I'm older. I'm 36, which I've been telling people I'm 37 all year long. My wife corrected me. Um, just so you know, uh, <laughs> that's what you're involved with right now. Um, but no, it, it's not. It's not the actual use of the words yeah. at all. It, it's just when. When someone gets offended mm-hmm. when you don't know. Yeah. And that's the part that's confusing to me. Sure. It's like, so everyone I meet now, I should be asking what the preferred pronoun is? Is that is that word? Is that it? Sure. I don't, <laughs> yes. Sure. I mean, like, I don't know. And so I've never had I've never had a instance where someone was just like just outraged with me. But I've definitely had instances where, you know, they corrected me. You know what I mean? And yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like a weird, like angry thing, but it was just like, hey, sure. this is what this is, you know. Well, so I think most people that have a different um preferred pronoun than maybe as they present, um, are for the most part very, very understanding that, you know, everybody might not understand that right away. Right. And I also think it was ex- the whole gender fluidity thing was explained to me um, in a way that I actually could, could understand it pretty well. Basically, um, a person explained it to me that, you know, if you don't just 100% identify with that stereotypical cis male or cis female, then for some people it's really, really conflicting inside to just call yourself full male or for full female because you know that may not be fully yeah how you identify but i think as long as somebody's not being an asshole about <laughs> it and in general you know they're seeking to understand yeah where another person's coming from i feel like <laughs> that's where the the hurt feelings and misunderstanding is avoided yeah and 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 that's the whole thing man it's like uh, you know i don't, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings sure I also do think that as a nation, we're kind of becoming a little soft, but but I'm not trying to say that progress is, is making people soft, but but if, if, if your life is shattered because I didn't know what your preferred pronoun is and I called you by your non-preferred pronoun and your life shattered now and you can't like go to work or something, I don't know. That seems like, that seems like um, a bit much. I think as long as... As individuals, we're just seeking to be as mm. sensitive and caring as possible. I mean, if somebody misunderstands me, I can always be be forgiving and very, mm. you know, just make a lot of allowances for it. If I know they're not coming from a position where right. they're they're on purpose trying to be insensitive. Right. Yeah. Oh, will you talk right into the mic? Yeah. I yep. mean, you don't I have to be you. like, hey, what's up? <laughs> In fact, I would encourage you not to be directly on it because... Well, that puffy thing's kind of gross. Sure. <laughs> so I don't want you to, you know, catch whatever's well, on thanks. that. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, like it's probably crawling with germs. <laughs> it is. It really is. And, like, you think, like, what I see, like, these podcast studios where yeah. there's just been, like, a, a heavy rotation of users. And there's nobody in there disinfecting microphone. Mm-mm. Well, especially uh, since, since this is fabric yeah and it's fabric yeah it's just you gotta replace the whole fucking thing because it looks like an illness (laughs) (laughs) i apologize i stuck my illness in your face no it's okay um (laughs) it's only when it's my own mic will i practically swallow it yeah but if it's not mine i keep try to keep a little bit of a respectable do you keep your own do you bring your own Mm -hmm. with you everywhere yeah yeah um 
I mean, obviously, if it's a normal bar gig, we always have all of our stuff. But even mm. for like the the um, thing yeah. that we played right. to, at the mall, um, I would just always bring mine. Just, yeah. You know, you get used to using yours. Yeah, you know it sounds good, and yeah. you know what your funk is. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you, it's not even like being a a diva about it or anything no. it's just you know like my germs are all over that thing mm-hmm. and i figure most people who use a microphone are yeah. the same where they basically have it in their mouth so <laughs> we, me and my wife and she would hate me for saying this but me and my wife volunteer doing things at, at a local shelter and uh, i'm not saying that because i'm some grand human being uh i'm only saying that because uh <laughs> we bring a microphone and we bring we bring a microphone that we don't usually use a lot. Sure. And every time we're done with it, and, and you know, we're talking about homeless people here who don't always have access to cleanliness sure. in general. Sure. And they're just spitting and ripping and rhyming and yelling into the microphone and just fondling it. And, uh, you know, and, and they have a great time. And, and, like, there's just this beautiful level of respect that. Sure. You know, I, I just, I, it, it, it's beautiful. It's when, because what we'll do is we'll have people come up and if they want to do like a song, a poem, it's almost like open mic. Sure. Like, yeah. uh, it is. It's like an open mic at the shelter. So um, we love doing that. And But I mean, I, I'm, I'm at home with my Lysol wipes. Like, all right. Sure. Yeah. Did, did my good deed of the day. I'm going to wash my good deed off my <laughs> microphone. <laughs> but yes, germs are weird. And, and actually, um, I'm glad you didn't like put your hand out to shake. I don't think you did because I was gonna. I did not. Good, good. I'm usually I'm kinda... a hugger anyway. Oh, okay. Like I'm not an aggressive hugger. I will make sure that <laughs> that either the the person is visibly going in for a yeah. hug already, or I've confirmed that they're cool with it. Yes. But I in general, I'm not a handshaker. Oh, okay. Usually, well, anyway, I've actually so. I'm a hugger too. Yeah. But. Like you know, along with the with the pronoun thing, sure. I've been asking if I can give hugs. Well, I think that's just nice because not everybody is, is a hugger. touchy feely like no, that. Yeah, yes. I will absolutely shake somebody's hand uh-huh. if they offer it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, germs and stuff. Well, and, and I have this like little thing I'm like getting over right now. Yeah. so that's why I would. Well, thanks retract for not giving me your plague. I appreciate yeah, I, it. If, if, if I don't get you my mic. <laughs> Fuzzy thing will. So. Well, I'm just gonna I'm keep so, a nice little yeah, barrier. Just keep a distance of <laughs> away from all of this. Yeah, right here, this side of the room, that's yours. Yeah. Like, what's weird about getting older is that all of a sudden my hands uh, get um, sweaty. Now I got oh, sweaty mine, palms. Oh, mine do that all the time <sighs> anyway. Welcome. Yeah. Well, it, like I, I feel like I'm going through man menopause because that's it's funny. like because uh, like this has only happened in the last year. Like. I don't. I don't have. I mean, I get. I'm an anxious person. I'm very anxious. Me person. too. That's that's why I have the sweaty palms. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's me why too. That happens. But it was never a thing until now. And now I have like ear hair and nose hair, and my hair is falling out, and my fucking palms are sweaty, <laughs> and, and sometimes my voice breaks, and like I'm just like, what the fuck? It's is like reverse puberty or yes. something. It is just uh, uh, like it, yeah. You, it, instead of like getting stronger and bigger, I'm just like shriveling and getting hairier and sweatier it's so um yeah yeah anxiety is like a thing is is that always been something that you've dealt with yeah i deal with it a thousand times better now though than i used to it i used to really really struggle with it i would have panic attacks and stuff but and i was on a lot of medication for it 
um, a while back, but I am not on anything anymore. And um, thanks to uh, sobriety and therapy and things like that, yeah. I've learned how to cope with it. So it's still, I mean, I, I have to combat it yeah. um, all the time, but I've just learned how to do it and to not let it control my life because it used to very much control oh, yeah. a lot of my life. I just blow off entire career shit just because sure. I'm like, oh, sure. I can't. Just kind of frozen in place. Yeah. 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 yeah I've, I've like... been there. Absolutely. And, oh, my God. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> We're here with Ashley Kelly, by the way. And uh, she was gracious enough to come down to the library at the West Branch Library. And remember, kids, the West Branch Library has a free studio. It's not top-notch shit in here, okay? But it will get your shit done. Get down here if you're in Toledo and use this library. It, 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 it's just a phenomenal resource. And, and downtown has a couple now, so please go figure that out. But Ashley came down here, and she's going to play a little song for us a little later. But uh, It was uh, very weird walking into the library with my guitar just... FYI. Oh, I'm sorry. Did, <laughs> did, was that kind of triggering? It, no, it was, just, it was just a weird experience. Because, you know, like you grow up being told you need to be quiet in right. the library. So that was totally counter to <laughs> what what I have been told. Yeah. Well, I've, 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 someone asked me, he's like, can I bring drums in here? I was like, maybe. I don't know. I mean, right. let's try it. It depends on how, I don't know how soundproof <laughs> this room is. but It's not at all. And also, they were so gracious enough to put a loudspeaker right in the middle, right here. Oh. So anytime they make an announcement, it's just like, and that's your. Um, you can be in the middle of a great take, and yeah. that's just, that's a wash. Yeah, so it's not the ideal place to be doing any kind of like serious, serious recording, but it will get your shit done if you need it to be done now. And they have an MPC, and I used to have that MPC. It's not bad. It's a MIDI. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I love those things. The little sample pads are great. Uh, so, what was uh? So you said sobriety? Yeah. I mean, when you sit here and talk about like sobriety and yeah. and therapy, it's a, that's exactly my life. So Really? I, yes, because um I mean, anxiety like in high school, well, let, let's kind of start let's start from the beginning with sure. you. What what's the lineage of music in your family? Do you have a lineage of music? In yeah, your um my mom uh was a musician. Mm -hmm. She um grew up playing the French horn in um, school band and uh, had a pretty voice and taught me to play the guitar. She actually got me started on the guitar and um, just kind of encouraged me. She taught me like four chords and then said, okay, if you if you really want to do this, then you need to teach yourself. And I'm really glad she did that because um, while taking formal lessons would have been great, I kind of feel like I was able to develop my own style a little bit doing yeah. it that way and um she actually has multiple sclerosis now so Aww. playing is hard for her oh, um but she can still do it i was there um over the holiday and she'll sit there while she's strumming and granted it's not as strong as it used to be but she'll she'll say i can't play anymore while she's sitting there playing obviously you know when you're when your um, ability to do things is compromised, you're really hard on yourself. But yeah. she can still do it. So, um, yeah, so my myself and my sister both got involved in musical things. And I, I love to sing. I played the trumpet in high school. Um, but guitar, it, I just gravitated to that a lot. And then um, I taught myself to play the piano. And the piano and the guitar, if you know one, it definitely helps with the other. Mm -hmm. So piano and guitar are my two main instruments, and I absolutely love to sing. Yeah. 
That's cool. So yeah. it was just your mom who did music? Yeah, my dad has a really nice voice, um, but he never picked up an instrument or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, loves music. He's a lover, really appreciates music. Um, but he just never got into playing instruments or anything like that. So then um, in, in school, did you play in school and stuff too? Yeah, yeah. I played trumpet oh, yeah, from the uh, beginning of my fifth grade year un- until the end of my senior year. Uh-huh. And I totally wish I would have kept it up, but I, I didn't. I didn't. It didn't follow me after high school, and um, was involved in choir and a few like special ensembles and stuff. Uh, so I enjoyed high school band, but the the choral and vocal stuff that was my main thing. And then I went to a, a small Christian high school called Emmanuel, okay. and um, I played in the praise band um when we would have chapel and so that was kind of my first experience playing in like a band setting yeah yeah well it's funny because like i was listening to your album which is very beautiful thank you i really appreciate that um i have questions here i'm not gonna be facebook scrolling i'm i have questions okay (laughs) don't don't feel like i just like okay wow he's so rude this is crazy (laughs) what a a great interview i I just watched him scroll his ig i'll just sit here and watch you text people I'll just hold my finger up every time you try to talk it. Just one, just one second, please. Just, just one second, Ash- Ashley. Just one second, please. I just got to send this text right here. <laughs> no, but uh, your uh, your album, um, y- you know, you're saying you did praise and and what I really love the song I really love and I think this is the last song I was listening to. What I've learned, yeah, it's, it's like completely acapella and mm-hmm. almost like a choir type thing. So yeah, so I so my dad was actually a pastor when I was growing okay. up, and the church we went to was called the Church of Christ, and they don't use instruments, oh. so it is just beautiful four part harmony. Mm-hmm. So that um, I I can sing harmony by ear. That's where I started learning and to do that, yeah, and practicing that, and um. I have kind of a weird history with the church, okay. but I I do have a lot of love and respect for church music yes. and that four-part harmony. And so that was kind of a, the decision to do it, just a cappella. That was kind of like paying homage to where cool. I really started to foster my love for singing. Can, can we can we listen to that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, let's listen to that just because I, I, I love the song and it's, um, and you know, it's going along with what we're saying. Sure, so we'll, sure. We're gonna, what was the song called? It's called What I've Learned. Thank you. I'm so You're sorry. Welcome. I had it right in front of me. And it's then okay. I got you. I am here to assist. <laughs> I promise. I listened to your album. <laughs> uh, let me get it, Margaret. Okay. Will you introduce the song for us, please? Yes. This is What I've Learned. Just because you breathe doesn't mean the get a hole inside if you really strive for growth you might find yourself in pain and the hardest part of loving is the scars that you might gain don't let our control you it kills you inside and when true love comes When you put in the work, it's okay to feel pride. And laughter is healing, it keeps you alive.
That's, you know, that's what we're talking about, that four-part harmony yeah. that kind of derived from church and yeah. you sort of just paid homage. And that's and what's the name of your album that's out it's now? It's called You're Not Alone. So You're that's the alone. title track from the album. Okay. And yeah. we're going to get into the album. Because cool. it's a great album. And, awesome. Um, Thank you so much. And uh, so, so school, yes. it, when did... So we were talking about anxiety. When did yeah. you start noticing that creep in? So that definitely began to really rear its ugly head the beginning of middle school. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to another school in middle school, got bullied quite Mm. a bit, um, was actually thriving academically, really into academics, which was not the same in in high school. Um, Just got bullied for that and um, not for anything in particular, just kind of became a little bit of a target. So anxiety started there. Anxiety dealing with um, my mom's illness, and also um, she and I did not have a great dynamic when I was growing up. We still struggle today, but it's it's a little bit better. Um, and so just started getting situ- situational anxiety, but it just kind of blossomed to where you know I would be sitting there just not really doing anything that would be anxiety inducing, and suddenly have that flare up. And oh, wow. yeah, yeah, um, not really knowing what to do with it, overthinking. Mm. I also have um, ADHD and attentive types, which is like this beautiful marriage yeah. of anxiety and just feeling really unsettled. and Yeah, and, and like losing interest quickly in certain things. Yeah, and like, like I, w- I would get really, really passionately into something and then just lose interest really quickly to the point where it like drains you to even yeah. to even like look at whatever it is. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's same <laughs> shit for me. ADHD and anxiety and yeah. Um, fortunately, and, and you said you're bullied, and and fortunately for me, um, I was sort of able to uh, use humor to sort of as a mechanism to sort of defend myself. Absolutely. And so I didn't get bullied. I did. I did totally get bullied. Sure. But also, I was big, and I was dude, and. If someone didn't like something I said, I would just punch them. 
which was a whole nother problem. But well, I was really, um, I'm still, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a lover and not a fighter. Yeah. I am, I am very passive. Yeah. I, I hated confrontation. Yeah. Um, I'm better about it now. Uh, but back then, no confrontation. And, um, I started gaining a bunch of weight partway through high school. That mm. was like food was coping. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So just not not a great situation. Yeah. Me neither. I, I hated school. And like, I, like I said before, uh, I mean, high school, I was 320. I couldn't even fit in the fucking desk. Sure. And like, in the summers, it was just horrible because and, and I was just anxiety ridden. Yeah. I didn't talk to very many people. And and because I did have a sense of humor, I, by the end of it, I was able to sort of travel and you know, with the cool kids and then with that the, was with the, the same thing. way I was. High school was different mm. in that I, I didn't get bullied. Yeah. I was kind of, you know, everybody's mm. friend. I, I could I could, you know, mingle amongst the different quote yes. unquote clicks. Right. Um once again it was a really small school. I graduated with twenty eight other people. <laughs> yeah. Very small and yeah. um good good dynamic with oh, friends good. there. But um like academics, uh, I I would be told that I was lazy. It would literally just be like sitting still was so hard. Yes. And I didn't get diagnosed with ADHD until the end of my junior year. Oh, shit. Yeah. So late. I took my ACT and then got diagnosed and got medicated. And my score jumped oh, wow. drastically just because I could actually sit there yeah. um, not feeling like I was going to lose my mind right. testing and stuff. Yes. I, I, it, <laughs> I mean, it's weird. I don't. A lot of people don't understand it, and I know a lot of people. And you know, even me, I, I didn't really respect the ADHD thing. Yeah. And like, I was just like, you know, they just made it up so they could pump you full of Ritalin. And right. Then as now I'm older, and now I'm with the adult attention deficit or disorder, and you know, the fun little things that comes with it is like bouts of depression and yeah. anxiety, all the all the things that sort of yeah, they kind of um. Like your anxiety feeds off of your ADHD and your ADHD feeds off of your anxiety. Yeah. Um, meds, ADHD meds like Adderall, I took that for a while. That It just didn't make me feel good. Like Ugh, I, it yeah. kind of made me I, – I didn't even realize that people abused those kind of drugs. Yeah, because they're pretty dope when you abuse them. Well, <laughs> I would – so I would take them and it would have the opposite effect as someone who doesn't have ADHD. Like right. it would zone me out. Yeah, I would yeah. zone out. Me too. But yeah. at the same time, I would feel like I was going to have a heart attack. Wow. Yeah. So, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So I would feel anxious while also feeling like I could go to sleep. Wow. So I stopped taking the meds and um, I still, it definitely, you can tell at certain times it's worse than others. Like mm. I'll be extra clumsy or <laughs> um, will have to stop myself from interrupting people. Mm. Um, and it's simply because I'm afraid I'm going to forget what I'm saying. It's not even because I don't care about what the other person yeah. is saying. But I feel like as an adult, I manage it a lot better yeah. than I did when I was an adolescent. Well, I mean, as an adult, like you, I think you have a little bit more, I don't know, not foresight, but like you just have a little bit more of an idea of who you are as a person. Yep. And, and you, you develop ways of working with yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And as a kid, you're just full of hormones and just... You know, you're just going with the momentum of life and fuck it. it, it you, you know, I, you don't sit there and think about like, okay, I, I should probably reflect why I'm feeling like this. Right. What is it about this situation that makes me feel like, you know, you're not like this. You're just reacting. Yeah. It's like, this fucking sucks. Right. <laughs> or this is amazing. Right. Well, and I'm also kind of at a place too with both my anxiety and my ADHD where I've learned to 
see the positive aspects of it. Mm. Both those things used to just be complete a completely dark aspect of my life, but yeah. now I appreciate um, how my ADHD influences certain aspects of my life. There are certain things that you know I have to kind of keep at bay, but I mean. I'm very enthusiastic and makes me very ex- excited, not like hyper excited, mm. but um, I feel like it definitely fuels my creativity. Yeah. And then my anxiety has kind of become like this really cool indicator to me where if it flares up, it it's telling me that something is out of balance for me. Oh, so like Spidey Yeah, senses. even though I don't like the way it feels, yeah. I also kind of go through this whole internal thing where I'm kind of appreciative mm. of it because... Um, if I didn't, if I didn't have that anxiety response, I may not realize. Wow, you have not slept very well the past few nights. You might need to, yeah, need to need to pay a little bit of attention to that. So it's kind of cool because it's kind of like this signal. Hey, mm-hmm. you need to get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for uh, it, it, for me, it's when I eat too many edibles. That's one. <laughs> well, yeah, that can definitely make one anxious. That's for sure. <laughs> well, and. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I should get my shit together and, you know, what the fuck am I doing with my life and well, why am I even here right now? You know, okay. But <laughs> it's the, yeah, man, like the, 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 I, right now for me, and I know I'm back on me again, and this is about Ashley. All good. All good. <laughs> um, for me right now, it's like literally trying to just, I will work through it, and I know that I have to work through it. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, I have to work through it because I know on the other side of that, I'm going to be better for it. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just getting, it's just getting past that point. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what this podcast was about, was kind of getting past this point. Because if we would have talked maybe four or five years ago, I would have been like clumsy, like, hey, how you doing? You know, like, yeah. just I'm, I'm just bad with nervous chatter and stuff and, and i'm still trying to rein it in and and this podcast has done so much for that like i, I communicate ten thousand times better That's than awesome. i could ever have done it on my own or maybe with some therapy or something i don't know i'm in therapy too so whatever. hey i'm all i'm a huge Me proponent too, of it it's oh, good dude, shit I, I love it so much it's like um and like it's funny because you know my therapist isn't that great like i don't think like she's <laughs> younger than me and like i don't think she's the best okay at it, but she's like does she get you to kind of think through things though she's just good yeah. enough to where like it helps and because what it's turned into now is it's turned into like sort of i feel bad for it but it's kind of turned into my like my mental dump. Like I just go in and I sort of just dump all my See, shit on that's, her. That's good though, because I figured out with therapy, I figured out that I actually benefit from it a thousand times more when shit is not hitting the fan for me, mm-hmm. literally just as maintenance. Yeah. And just, for me, sometimes just being able to go in and verbally vomit things, <laughs> just getting it out yeah. there. And then you will hear things coming uh, as it's coming out of your mouth and, and it kind of triggers. Oh, okay. Well, clearly my mind is on this and uh-huh. need to talk about it. So right. I, I like it just as kind of a mental health maintenance thing. For sure. For sure. I, like, I can't, I can't picture it. Like, like she, for the holidays, she just got overwhelmed and she had to like put me on every other week. And I'm just like every other week. Well, oh, I guess I could <laughs> deal with that for, you know, okay, well, I guess when can we go back to week to week? <laughs> and, 
but yeah, absolutely, and and it's also turned into like a practice ground for this, which is weird. That's awesome. You know, because it kind because like it doesn't have to just me be sitting down there and be like, this is all the shitty things that you know happened to me or whatever it was. Right. Sometimes it's just us just talking. You know, yeah. just we're just shooting shit, and, and it turns into me just trying to get her to laugh for an hour. So it's literally just <laughs> you know like I just go in there and brighten up her day, and I feel better. She feels better, and it's a good time. And, and I, I don't know. Anyways, so you in high, uh, high school, a little better. Yeah. You kind of got a grip on it. You know, weren't bullied, but academically, ADHD fucking kicked your ass. It, it did. I, I made it through. Yeah. I made it through. Um, Definitely got out of a lot of class. I just, I didn't know. I, I was so overwhelmed and so anxiety written and was being written off by some of the teachers that I had as just um, didn't wasn't motivated, yes. um, lazy, and things things like that. And then you would get me in a music class situation, and I'm like a completely different student. Which um, that's why I hate it when people will say that kids who have anxiety or who have something going on that's keeping them from fully performing in the classroom, just writing them off yeah. as being lazy or that they're you know just not behaving well to not behave well yeah. when in reality their their brain is like on fire right and they don't know how to manage it so the last thing they're thinking of is sitting there and trying to focus and and we do have this very archaic way of teaching children yeah. this 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 preparing them for factory jobs that won't exist in 10 years um this whole fucking this this uh what was it the 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 industrial revolution yeah. you know we needed workers and that's what school was was a way to train workers yeah and there's bells and there's you know there's all the like things in a, a factory that you hear in school the, the bells that indicates when you, yep. you shift and when yep. you do this like you're in a line and, and you're looking forward you're sitting still your mouth is shut you're fucking yeah. doing what you're told we're not training fucking entrepreneurs. We're not training fucking the next Bill Gates. We're right. training fucking worker ants. Yeah. We're training cogs. And we're training cogs to do perform jobs that aren't going to exist in a few years. Uh, technology is just going to f- fuck us real good. But, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to turn it into that conversation. But <laughs> there is a reason why we weren't able to excel in school yeah. because you know they they didn't know how to handle people like us. Yeah, I didn't I I mean I thought for years that I just wasn't very intelligent. I thought I was a loser. Which <laughs> um I I feel like I can confidently say now I know I'm an intelligent person. Yes. I just know that you know the traditional educational system um it just didn't work for me no. and that's that's okay mm-hmm. um and it all kind of worked out really well because I I did go away to, to college for one year. I was not ready. I was not emotionally ready. Where'd you um, go? I went up to this this small private uh, college up in Michigan called Rochester College, and mm-hmm. then came back and did a semester at Owens. And I just discovered school. It just wasn't for me. Mm. And now with what I'm doing with music and grant writing, um, I I'm so glad that I didn't. It would have been a waste of money for me mm-hmm. to go. And I used to, especially when. Everybody was graduating from college. I kind of had a little bit of a crisis. Right. But then I realized, you know, for me, it wasn't a good fit. And I I think, you know, for some, just being okay, saying, you know, this isn't a good fit for me. And for what I want to do, 
this is pointless anyway. Yes. So I'm I feel I feel like I'm at a comfortable place now where I you know right. I'm not I don't have a college degree and I'm I'm completely fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. And and my mom is not, but you know You know what though? Our parents came from a generation where that I mean if you want a good job, you have to go to college, and mm-hmm. so I, I get, I get that in a I certain sense. But I mean, all of us in this generation, like we are about the side hustle, and so mm-hmm. even if the thing that you are doing for your main gig it isn't supporting you as much as you need, you, you get a side hustle. Yep, I'm a Lyft driver now. There you go. And also, there you go. I love biology so much that I got a doctorate, but I have no job to do anything. Well, <laughs> but you still have that, and that's right. cool. Right, which is great. <laughs> But, you know, like, and, and when I see kids who don't know what the fuck they want to do, yeah. and they're, like, 19 or 18, and, and their pressure is on from the parents and whatever to go, and you go figure out what you want to do for the rest yeah. of your fucking life right now. You right. know, like, these poor kids, their brains aren't even fully developed, and they're just, like, out there making life decisions, getting into fucking crushing debt. Yeah. And they come out with a communications degree, and what, they're going to go manage a fucking Walmart? Exactly. Like, what is... What 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 are we what well, are we t- you know it's like what are we doing here? It's- I'm almost I'm gonna be 33 next month and I think I think my mom still has a hard time grasping the fact that I am happy, <laughs> you know even though I'm not because you you equate having a ton of money with happiness and I I think she feels like what I do are they're not real careers yes um because she's from that generation mm-hmm. and that's that's just the way that she thinks Absolutely. but um you know I, I tell her I'm I'm so happy yeah. I'm doing two things that I really enjoy doing I get to I fucking get paid to play music that's yes. that's incredible that if like thinking back to when I was a little kid that would have blown my little kid brain like, yes yeah, I, it's yeah. so, you know, I'm happy doing that. I'm happy with my day job and, you know, I'm happy with my marriage. And so it's hard for her to grasp that I can be happy while not, you know, making six figures. And I was just talking <laughs> to um, this guy named Dave Katz. I don't know. if do you, Have you ever heard of Acousticuca? I have heard of them, so, yeah. So they're like a jam band. They're uh, they're cool cats. I, I was just talking to them last night and we were just talking about how... Um, you know what what the fuck how do we measure success you yeah. know like is success for a musician or an artist like the cover of rolling stone magazine sure but is it also being able to support yourself yeah um is it also being able to buy your own house off of art is it also like being able to provide for your family off and of stuff doing what you everybody. want to do yeah doing you do what you love to do because we only have one life to live yeah and that's why it's so sad that there's this fucked up pressure on coming from this archaic way of teaching children to go on to go get into crushing debt <laughs> and, and and to figure it out before they even figure themselves out. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it, it's it, it's. It's fucked up, but most people don't know what they want to do when they're kids. You right. know, most people want to be. I want to be an astronaut. You know, like. Okay. I went through. Like four or five different yeah. careers that I thought I wanted, probably in like a two-year span <laughs> when I was a kid. I yeah. mean, it changes so much. I I don't know. I think I think in my opinion, the key to happiness is doing something that you feel good about and you mm-hmm. can believe in, and that will hopefully make you enough money so that you're comfortable, and and being surrounded by people that you love and that love you and. 
um, contributing something to the world. And I feel like for me, that's a marker of happiness. I mean, I, I live comfortably. We don't have a ton of money, but we, we always have everything that we need and yeah. get to play fucking music yeah. and get paid to do it. And that's so cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I don't, I don't care. Like I, I, at this point, I don't give a fuck about the cover of Rolling Stone. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's not really my goals. Yeah, my... priorities change. I think I went through um, a period of time when I was in my teens, just like most musicians mm-hmm. do, where I thought, oh, man, you know, I want to be really famous and I right. want to sell out these arenas to where I am now, where um, I'll be in the middle of playing a gig at, like, Bar's Public House, and it'll kind of hit me, whoa, you're you're getting paid to do this, yeah. and there are some people listening to you right, right now, and it's so funny how it goes from that to, to figuring out that you just honestly love to do it, right. and I do not give a shit about notoriety or mm-hmm. how many people um, are streaming my music or anything. I just, as long as when I'm playing, I see that one person is getting into it. That's cool to me. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I I, I agree. I, I agree. And, and and it's not like, it's not like I, like, it's not like fame is what I want. I, I to, to, honestly, and it's just being comfortable, being yep. able to, if we want to go to an expensive restaurant and get dinner, it's like I want to be able to go do that. Yeah. And that's not where we're at now, but that but that it will be. Yeah. Because for sure. we're, I've been doing this full time musician artist thing for four years now. That's five awesome. Years, five years. So, I mean, I don't think I'm gonna stop. I mean, like, I I just like like you were saying, we were told that we were. There's something wrong with us. Mm-hmm. You're lazy, or yeah. you know, she has so much potential. Right. Ashley has so much potential. Yep. It's just, you know, it's so sad to see this, but she has so much potential. If she could only just focus and buckle down. Yep. And exactly. Like, Fuck you. You have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I don't it, know how many times I heard my mom say while I was growing up, um, "You need to show some discipline. You're just not disciplined yeah. enough." And when you're when you're trying your hardest, or I think you get to a point where when you're told that so much, you get to the point where you basically think, well, fuck it. If I mean, if mm-hmm. that's what you think, then if I am, I am trying, but you're still saying this, what even is mm-hmm. the point in trying? But music definitely um, got me through high school. And, yeah, yeah. and uh, no matter what happened during my academic career, I look back on that. And I'm really grateful because I think um, my time that I spent doing um, more uh, of or being in it more of like an academic music setting, I think that definitely benefited me later on. Yeah, absolutely. So, so high school and then college didn't work out. Yeah. And then so you're still dealing with anxiety. And, yeah. And you mentioned that sobriety. Yeah. So when did, what, what was it? Alcohol? What was yeah, it? Yeah, alcohol. Like, oh. Alcohol was my thing. Um, when I was about 19, I went through some difficult personal stuff and, um, between a lot of baggage from growing up with my mom and then the stuff I experienced when I was in my late teens, um, I discovered that alcohol made me feel better when I was having a difficult time. And it also um, shut my brain up Mm -hmm. long enough to where I didn't have to think about those things and my anxiety wasn't heightened. And so discovered that, um, and it was a very slow ramping up process for my drinking. I mean, I, when I met my wife, we were um, both in our early 20s, and I wasn't a really heavy drinker then, but especially, um, 
you know, once we started playing out regularly, it is so normal when you're a musician and uh, you're friends with a lot of musicians. I mean, alcohol is a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, The thought that I drank too much didn't even really occur to me. Um, (laughs) And I was actually in therapy um, for about a year with this therapist like you was. I don't think she was a very good therapist, (laughs) but um, I will say this. um, I don't even know how we got to talk about my drinking I think we were just talking about my playing schedule and then that got brought up and she uh she asked me how often I drank and when I did how much I did and she she said you do realize that's not normal right and that like blew my mind because (laughs) I wasn't I wasn't screwing people over Mm. I hadn't had a DUI or anything um and she had me uh track my drinking for two weeks and I got to the end of that first week and it basically punched me in the face because I was looking at it and I did not realize how much my drinking has had increased. And then, um, I use the thing I would, I would use to, as an excuse to myself to say, well, you're totally fine. was that I wasn't drinking at home. Well, by that time I was, (laughs) I would, I would, uh, watch TV and go fill up um, a big cup, mostly with vodka and a tiny bit of some kind of random mixer. Mixer, like it could have been the shittiest, yeah. whatever, and I would have just mixed it with that. And so, towards the end of my drinking, that's that was the pattern I saw. So it wasn't some um, horrible event like a DUI or or hitting somebody or making a fool out of myself because I was always a very happy drunk and. Um, I I just got to the point where I realized that if I didn't stop, it was going to get to that point. Um, and I would probably die because I have a huge family history of alcoholism. And that year, earlier in the year, my uncle died of liver failure from years of alcohol and drug abuse. So I had that in the back of my head, and I wasn't chemically dependent yet. And um, I I had heard of what the, the withdrawal and detox was like, and, um, that terrified me. So my, uh, my therapist, um, encouraged me to check out a recovery program and I did. And, um, I decided on a Sunday that I was no longer drinking and that was October 15th in 2017. And then the next day I went and checked out that recovery program. And, um, I'm so glad that I did that. Um, my life, I mean, it was unmanageable and I didn't realize it. Um, and I, I don't know that I would be here now if I wouldn't have quit because um, I even though I wasn't chemically dependent yet, I knew that I was probably months away from being at that point. And um, even though I didn't get a DUI, I drove drunk all the time. I was inevitably going to hit and hurt someone or myself or, um, God forbid, if I would have had my wife in the car and injured her, I know personally I would have not come back from that. And so um, I spent... And, and I'm still spending, I spent a lot of time that first year trying to work through my shit and not just um, work on uh, not drinking anymore because that was actually a really easy part. Mm-hmm. Just I just had have to choose every day to right. not right. shove alcohol down my throat. But I, I really did hard work to look at why I started doing that in the first place and, and what was driving that. And I'm so glad I did because I think otherwise I would have just gone right back to drinking again and mm-hmm. um, figured out I have some pretty gnarly social anxiety and that was also a motivating factor and um, that's still a reality but I've just learned how to manage it um, without using substances and mm-hmm. 
And I'm so glad. I, I remember the end of my gigs now, which is amazing. <laughs> I started blacking out toward the end, oh, too, and shit. that was scary. I was yes. on some pretty heavy medication for my anxiety and then also mixing booze with it. Oh. And um, I was on medication called Trazodone to help me sleep yes. and um, would get drunk, come home, and take Trazodone to sleep oh, and found out from... Um, somebody that worked at that recovery place, I mean, he was just honest with me and said, you are so lucky you're alive because some people do that and they just don't wake up. So, yeah, um, I'm a little over two years sober. Um, Things have definitely not always been easy, but um, holy shit, I love my life. It's so fucking awesome. I love that if I'm going home late at night from a gig and a cop pulls me over, I have nothing to worry about. (laughs) And um, I think it makes me a better spouse, Mm -hmm. too, for sure. And I feel like I'm, I'm... able to be a much better friend and so i'm just thankful that um i figured out that i needed to change something before life kind of decided that for me wow yeah that's that's good how old were you when you um okay so i i am 32 now and that was in 2017 um i was like 30 i think i think i was 30 okay yeah Yeah, because you're about to turn 33 yeah okay yeah yeah, that that same age as me. Yeah, like it took that long, <laughs> but but for me, I started very much of much younger. Okay, and, and for me, I was I was doing harder shit. I was shooting and snorting. And I'm so thankful f- that I never tried any of that. It's not yeah. that it wasn't offered to me. Right. Um, I don't. I, I just I was afraid of it, and I'm so glad I was because. Um, from what I've been told about some of the drugs, I think I would have loved them, <laughs> being honest. Yeah. And that would have been a, a whole other, yeah. you know, a whole other thing I would have had to kick. And it, it, well, it, it's like because um, I was pumped full of Ritalin, which is kind of and kind of on like that. meth, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's kind of like the what with the Adderall. Adderall, yes. yeah. And um, and I learned that you could abuse it at thirteen by okay. snorting it, and that's what I did. And then I took myself off of it in high school. <laughs> so, wow. You know, a lot of shit went untreated. And, and, and um, I, you know, I just was just off the chain and, and blacking out. And so did you, did you and, realize on your own that you wanted to or did no, you have some influence? I had a huge influence. Um, so the, one of the le- – um, it was a crazy year. Uh, so – we came home for Christmas. I, I lived in San Diego for about 13 years and moved back two years ago. Uh, I We came home one year for for uh, Christmas, and I stayed drunk the entire time. Like, I would go to bed wasted, wake up, and just go straight for it. And because okay. binging, I'm on vacation. Sure. And so this was, like, the build up to it. So we uh, – just my wife was over it. And she was like, look, I, I, I don't want to do this, but this is how it's got to be. It's like it's either this or, the, you know, it's either that or this, you know. And I was like, all right, I'll go with you. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. And, and, yeah, and I didn't want to. And and she was – and we even worked out a deal where it's like – and it was so pathetic. I was like, please, you can't – I'm drunk and just – come on, you can't do this. Dude. What am I going to do? Like it was – like, I play it back in my head, and it's embarrassing, and it's pathetic. But, like, I was literally just begging her not sure. to make me choose. And thank God she did. And and she even was like, okay, you get two times a year. And that's what we worked out. Never use it. I, I have gotten fucking shit-faced once in the last seven years. So I can't say that I've been abstinent of alcohol for seven years. But 
in my head, I don't really even count it. I don't even give a fuck about that because it just it, it just was like a one dime thing, and I don't care. And I know there's a lot of people out there like, no, you can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a there's a fucking there's a there's a method to all this, and it's like I don't. For me, it wasn't. It wasn't something that I wished to continue because I saw the benefits of being, and, and I was like five years into uh, into abs, being abstinent from, because I don't want to say sober, sober because I, I smoke fucking hell of weed, but uh, <laughs> but like uh, you know, like I, I it, alcohol was not my friend, and, and I mean, sure, I was I was terrible. I was a terrible like when I was wasted drunk. I mean, I'd be. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with West Hollywood, but my wife's my wife's one of my wife's best friends is. And, and, uh, okay, here we go. Um, so I was in West Hollywood. I was young, blacked out, and, you know, no excuse. And her friends, like her best friend is, we went to a gay bar. Her best friend's a lesbian. And I was calling her friend Butch, and I was yelling horrible things out in the streets. And, like, and that's not me. Sure. Somewhere, I guess, it is, but it's not. You know, like I don't hate. You know, like that's, it's just abhorrent to me. But there's something in my head that triggered that because I, I am an asshole sometimes and I do like to piss people off certain ways, but I don't like to spread hate. But in this case, uh, it was horrible. And, and it was just, you know, like so you got to imagine these like all these experiences my wife had to go through and, and just it, it was awful. So, yeah, it was time. Yeah. And, and like I just. What you're saying, like, your life is incredible now, is yeah. like, yeah, that's exactly what it is well, now. Well, and that's, I'll have people ask me, do you miss drinking? Yeah. And I honestly don't because mm-hmm. I've looked back so much and I look at, you know, I obviously thought I was having a lot of fun, but I can also look back at what my life was like when I was doing that. And I was so unhappy, yeah. you know, my, my laughter and everything was definitely influenced by the booze, mm-hmm. but I was so unhappy when I um, first told some of my friends in the music community that I was quitting, they were shocked that when I told them how unhappy I was, because it just, I'm yeah. naturally a pretty smiley, friendly person. And so it, de- they definitely didn't realize that, but, um, I mean, the biggest reason that I really I I don't ever think about drinking anymore is because I know how hard I've worked to um, have the level of contentedness and happiness that mm-hmm. I have now, and to think about fucking that up like that. Um, I mean, I have so much respect for myself now. Mm-hmm. I know that I have other people that respect me for the choices that I'm making, and then I know that I'm I am a better wife. I'm a better friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I am able to do th- when I'm when I'm working when I'm doing music or I'm writing. Um, I feel like I am giving respect to that too, and um, life is just good. And so I would never want to fuck that up. So yeah. I am a huge fan of, of sobriety. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. You don't need booze to enjoy no. your life. No, and so after you the initial quitting yeah. your drinking, I know for me. I mean, there was a really turbulent time in my life as well. It's like yeah. my father passed away. Oh wow! My wife got pregnant. Uh, fucking, there. It, it, uh, I was losing my hair. I've discovered, <laughs> you know, just the just the whole thing. And yeah. then on top of this, you know, there's no crutch. And then on top of all of that, there was just like this very angry person inside, very mm-hmm. angry, sad person. Sure. 
And which was, wor- I mean, like, I don't know what's worse for my wife that I had to deal with was, like, the drunk buffoon or the fucking angry cocksucker, you know? like yep. fuck- So it was uh, it was hard, and God damn, I- God bless that woman. She really did put up some shit, but um, how was it for you when you mm-hmm. initially stopped? Did, did you have, like, a fl- like, this crazy flood of, like, all... All the stuff that you've been like burying, or were, mm-hmm. I mean, because when I quit, I didn't have, I didn't do the programs, sure. I didn't do anything. It was just sure. cold turkey, and which I found out later was like it's not the best way to approach it. It's a, it's one of the ways, but it's not the best way. Yeah. And I really wish I would have went and did some kind of therapy with it, just because it would have gave me a better perspective of what I was going sure. through. And instead, I was just like gritting bare and pull yourself up by the bootstrap, you know, like the whole fucking thing. But it is ridiculous. That's yeah. so stupid. Why? Why do that? And why put your people, the people you love, through sure. that? So when you first stopped, what was the first? You know, like what? What kind of? Yeah. Came out. Um. Well, first of all, I I agree with you in that um, it's totally possible to to do it on mm. your own, but um. Well, I think I could have had just the just the sheer willpower and resolve to not do it mm. by myself. Um, I would have been white knuckling it, and I would have hated that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think p- having a support system going into it for me was a huge thing, and I I did do regular counseling, mm. especially in the beginning. Um, I dug right into working on the emotional yeah. shit and it's not like it all came flooding yeah. back to me. Like I did, I did discover there were some things I had blocked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really hard res- having that stuff resurface. Yeah. But I, I set up such a, a great network of support and care for myself. Um, I just, I, I wanted to, when I knew I w- dis- decided to be sober, I wanted to do it in a way that was going to help me grow as much as possible. And um, I was open to um, dealing with pain through it, but I wanted to do it in a way that um, I gave myself safeties and support. So I, w- I would experience those things, but not not in isolation. And so I did, I'm glad I did therapy. I will tell you the thing that I noticed um, initially quitting, it wasn't that I had this strong urge to drink. It's that like the social anxiety mm. at gigs hit me like a brick wall. So there were some gigs in the first few months, especially that we would get done playing and I would get this deer in the headlights look on my face. And my wife would say, if you want to go sit in the car, you go right ahead. Like I'll finish things up for us. So I think it was just getting used to functioning in a very social world um, and in a career of performance (laughs) without that. I feel like booze was like that layer of protection and and a barrier. And I also realized um, after I quit that I really did not do a good job of opening up about what was going on inside of me. My initial reaction was just to bury everything. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's another thing too. I pushed myself really hard to open up even when I really just wanted to tell somebody that I was fine. Yeah. So it, it sucked and it wasn't easy at the beginning, but I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like that's where my ADHD kind of, um, did me a solid because I decided that I was going to do it and I just fucking did it. And I went so hardcore into it. Yeah. And, um, it is the best snap decision I've ever made in my life. Um, and I, I'm so grateful for it. I know sobriety isn't for everybody, but, um, I know for me, man, it's done nothing but enhance every aspect of my life. Yeah, like I don't 
there there wouldn't have been. I mean, there, there would have been like zero growth as a human being mm-hmm. for me. Like you know, like throughout my twenties, you know, I was a grown man, but I I was just stuck as a fucking child. Like mm-hmm. I just there was. Yeah, it's like you. It's like your maturity level just kind of peaks. <laughs> And so when you stop abusing whatever it is that you're Mm -hmm. abusing, it's like you're stuck back because you haven't emotionally matured. So I feel like I've done a lot of emotional Mm -hmm. maturing over the past couple of years and then also having it driven home to me so much. Um, you are still super fucking immature and have a lot of growth to do. But I'm so grateful because I'm, I feel like, if nothing else, I'm so self-aware now. Like, yes. I have no problem telling someone, I really need to fucking work on this, and this is a weakness that I have, uh-huh. and I accept that, and I'm working on it. I think the biggest disservice I did to myself prior to quitting drinking was trying to act like I had my shit together. Right. Because I respect people that are very, very blatant in, in portraying the fact that they have work to do. Mm-hmm. It's the people who are falling apart and trying to pretend like they're not. Um, that's not who I want to be. Yeah. I'm, I have no problem telling people I have a lot of shit in my life that I still need to work on, but yeah. I'm, I am, I am, um, sober to work on it. So yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, yeah. And, and you're right. You're right. The the comfort of, of knowing that you're driving just fine. You know, like you're not. Yeah. If someone pulls you over, you're good. Yeah. To go. you well, Let me blow me. for you, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Bring that fucker up. <laughs> what scares me now, and and I don't like to smoke weed and, and drive, especially with kids and stuff, but like what scares me now is that they got those breathalyzers. They're going to have starting uh, breathalyzers for marijuana. Oh, wow. That's very Which, advanced. I'm not going to, you know, I can't talk too much shit because I have a kid. You know, I don't want people out there all fucked up driving around sure. smashing into children. I mean, and that's my biggest fear is like backing over a child is like one of my biggest fears is just like carelessly because I don't know if you've had this. But I'm guessing it's part of my ADHD where I'll just be, you're like completely not even in the zone. You're like you're working on autopilot and you're just like, you're just going through the motions, not completely paying attention. And you're just sort of focused on what you're thinking about. Yep. And like, that's when I like always hit the garbage can or, you know. Run Mine into- is that I will get to a certain point in my journey from A to B mm-hmm. and will realize that I don't remember traveling <laughs> part of that because I've, I'm just, yeah. I'm very cognizant of the fact that I'm driving, but it's like with the ADHD, you just, you know, your mind has yeah. a million things going on. And right. yeah, it's, it's kind of like going into a fugue state while driving. And that <laughs> probably would make most people terrified to be on the road with me, but <laughs> that's just how it is. Is it, does it frustrate your partner, your wife? Um, Oh, I'm sure it yeah. does. Um, she is, oh my God, she has like her level of patience for my <laughs> bullshit. is just so high. Um, I think the fact that I'm so um, so quick to say I'm perfectly aware that this is an aspect of who I am mm-hmm. and I'm not happy about it either. I think that that makes it easier for her to be compassionate. Right. She knows that I can say I need to grab something on the way out the door and we can be walking out a minute later and I will have not grabbed that thing. She, I, I know she gets frustrated, but for the most part, even if she is, she very much exercises yes. patience and understanding, which I'm so appreciative right. of. Right. Well, my wife does but then sometimes it's just like what the fuck yeah (laughs) and and like a lot of times i find myself just 
wandering around. I have so much to do that I'm just like wandering around a house doing a little bit of it here. And then I'll go over here and do yep. a little bit of that there. And then I'll go do a little bit of that there. And it takes me all day to do something that my wife would have had done in like three hours. And I'm just like, look, man, this is like my process. You, know, I Like I'm coming to accept that this is my process. And I do agree that I do need to focus in and like rein it in. Oh, I get it, though. But. I'm just like, this is, I'm gonna, I'm getting there, okay? Like, and, and that I think that's what helps our spouses understand. Yeah. It's like, we are trying, well, like, I we're actively trying to be better. One of the things that I really make an effort more than anything else, because I, I want her to feel like I hear her and I listen to her. Sometimes she will talk to me and I will respond to her. And then as soon as I've responded, I will realize I have no idea what she was talking <laughs> about. And, and I used to... When I when I would feel really embarrassed about it, I would just let it go. Mm-hmm. But then later on, she would reference that, yes. and it, to me, we've never talked about this. So now, if I when I realize that I've responded and have no idea what's right. going on, I will just fess up and oh, say, "Hey, up. I'm so sorry. I just yeah. realized I have no idea what you just said. Can you please repeat it?" I just did that today. <laughs> just did that today, and and I was just like, "Wait a second. Can you just say?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because she's standing there like expecting a response, and I'm like, yeah, whatever you want to do. Yep. <laughs> and then I was like, oh wait, for what? No. That's and, yeah, that's exactly right. I know right. that's frustrating to her because she is a very, I mean, she's very Type A. Well, very, clearly she loves you though, just like my wife loves me. Right, right, and, and she loves me enough to. No. We must be worth it, damn it. God damn right, you know. What? <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. <laughs> um, yeah. So, let's talk about the album. Let's I, do it. It's, it's, a, it's a great album. Thank and, you. Um, well, first of all, where'd you record it? It sounds really great. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, that is very much attributed to um, Chuck Mock at Happy Hands Club Recording Studio. That is who um, who uh, engineered everything mm-hmm. for me. Um, he is he does amazing work. He also does remote drumming for people oh. and left-handed drummer, amazing. Is he the one drumming? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He um he drummed. I had one other person drum on one song, I believe, but um everyone who played on it. Um, and participated are people that I know personally, with the exception of there, there are a couple cello tracks. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a guy that Chuck knew that brought in, um, and he's incredible. And then um, Greg Leonard uh, produced my album. He lives out in California, and um, he's just, he is a pro through and through. So I, I worked with a great team, great studio, great equipment. It was, Where was the studio at? It's in Perrysburg. Um, he actually oh, has a studio in his home, mm-hmm. um, and it's incredible. You walk in, and it's very comfortable, and it's a great environment to record in. Nice. Yeah. So so you said you worked with a producer, mm-hmm. Greg. How did yeah. you coming like how does that work yeah so greg greg has a uh working relationship with chuck they've been working together for for several years and um on the i believe it's the third track don't let me go um that's a song that i co-wrote with jeff stewart and um the awesome very cool texture layered guitars that you hear on that that is greg greg's also Mm -hmm. an incredible um electric player and uh he definitely added some some good layers to everything. And, and like I, I heard like strings and stuff. Yeah. I know there was cellos, but yeah. like I heard like a string section. That uh, so yeah, on the song so it's so funny, the track always there. That's the one I'm gonna play today. Okay. Um it started out, it was just gonna be in a very acoustic sparse track and then 
we um, we talked about it as we got into recording it. I, um, I realized I wanted something bigger. So the production of that song, it so has Greg's thumbprint on it. He he did so much um, production with um, the strings and everything. That's mm. that's one in particular I'm really happy with. He just I think he added some horns in there. Yeah. And just, yeah, it's a huge song. And like, yeah, I, you know, and I, I didn't, you know, obviously, I don't know what to expect when I'm, t- when I, when I see someone perform, yeah, and I approach them. There's, you know, like, there's a real reason why I'm doing it because, especially when I see him perform, it's like, well, this person obviously has something, and I want to talk about well, that. Thank you. Well, no, I mean, you, shit, you earned it. I mean, not well, that this is some great honor, but sit <laughs> 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 here and watch me have sweaty hands. Uh, but the. When when you sent the album to me, it's like, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And, and like, so when I heard these big productions, I yeah. was like, wow, that's so awesome. And the the thing about it is, like, when you think about Toledo, especially when I came up here, I it wasn't like how it is now. I feel like there's always been talent here. Yeah. But I always feel like it's you got up and walked away. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, which it usually did. Man, and that's the what city I now. Um, yeah. Gosh, uh, everyone... Every one of the people that I specifically asked to play on the album, they're all musician friends from the area. They're all incredibly talented people. Mm -hmm. And every single person that played are just genuinely good people, too. They're they're just great. Our our music community is incredible. Yeah, I I agree. And and I also know that that hasn't always been the case. I mean, there's always been talent, but that always hasn't been the case that we're like, there's just been such a pool of people who are working. Yeah. Who are, who supportive, are supportive of each other. Who are support- yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and, um, motivate each other too. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know who Caden Chase is? Uh, no. Okay. He, he plays guitar for the distant cousins and he also does some solo gigging out. He's another lefty. He's awesome. Okay. Um, so talented. He's a younger dude. Um, just fired up about music and to me he's he's a perfect example of of looking at someone who is so motivated by what they're doing and it's also really masterful at what they do mm-hmm. i mean he's he's probably a decade younger than i am yeah. and i learn stuff from him every time i play with him i i love being involved with a music community where um you it's just chock full of people that you can learn from that pe- right. with people that are better than you and even if that's intimidating um spending time with people that, that you feel like are better songwriters than you and better performers than you and being able to learn from them it's so awesome yeah and 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 I, I think that's just a a great piece of advice in general it's like yeah. if you want to be better you play with play, play with, with people, people who that are, are better. better yeah it's it's intimidating but um I kind of look at it like um, anytime I've had somebody approach me who's who maybe doesn't have as much experience as I do, um, and and I know that that they are nervous approaching me, but they genuinely want to learn from me. I know how happy I am to help them in whatever way that I can, and um, everyone else that I've gone to and and tried to kind of model some things after. Everyone is so nice, and for the most part, people are really willing to help help you continue getting better at whatever it is that you want to get better at. You know, you mentioned Jeff Stewart. Yes, Jeff. I feel like Jeff Stewart has, he's worked with so many people. Yeah, Jeff has actually recorded with the same guy I recorded a lot. They've been friends for years and years. Oh, okay. Jeff, 
Oh my gosh, that's a perfect example of working with somebody that's better <laughs> at something. He Jeff is a master songwriter, and um, he's a great I artist too. Almost passed out when he said he was willing to write with me, <laughs> like kind of like that. Did you reach out to him? I, I did reach yeah. out to him. Um, that was really nerve wracking to do that. I mean, yeah. Jeff is a friend, but. Jeff is so good at songwriting and he's so good with words. I remember walking in and being so nervous. Um, I went to his house in, in South Toledo and we sat down and I was so nervous and we were probably five minutes into it. And he is one of those people that he just instantly chills you the fuck out yeah. as soon as you start yeah. talking to him. And um, we just drank tea together and wrote and it felt so natural and it was so cool getting to have that experience because I got to, I got to watch how he, how he comes up with his ideas and, um, how he, how he, um, just paints a picture with his lyrics. And that's something, I mean, what he does with, with songwriting, I respect that so much. So to be able to sit with somebody who I look up to so much mm. professionally and just be able to sit with them and work with them and that he took the time to in, invest in me and help me with that, man, that song, uh, specifically is very special to me because of that and um there's a choir of voices that you hear on it uh -huh. and it's i think it was six to eight of my singer friends here in toledo so that track overall is just very well, very special we play it? yeah let's play it let's do it please introduce it this is don't let me go something changing this i know all around me
and we're back. Uh, Jeff was on the show, actually, right when I got back into town. That's like, awesome. Right when I got into town, I just started, because I didn't know anybody, like, because I, I was gone for 13 years, and, you know, shit changes, and new people, new generations. Yeah. So there was, like, a handful of people that... Uh, like I recognize their name. Like I didn't know Jeff before I left, but I know Jeff's been working since before I left. Yeah. And so I saw Jeff Stewart's name and Kyle White's yep. name in in the in Kyle. The, Kyle um, was one of the people one singing, of the and actually there is a picture of her recording vocals. And at the time, her son was still. I mean, he was just just an infant. So mm-hmm. there's a picture of her holding him while she was recording lyrics. She's she's another one. Um, yeah. Just Great. just wonderful musician and wonderful human. I just love her. Both she and Jeff are uh, wonderful people. Yeah, and and I I can't remember if I talked to her first or, but I've talked to a a few of the female singer songwriters in town here, and they all reference Jeff Mm -hmm. as someone that they looked up to or worked with or who has taken them on as a you know, uh, not like a protege or anything but like you know just just very like caring about them yeah, and like working with them jeff makes it very very clear that he he it believes in the next generation of musicians and i think his actions um prove that because he's so willing to um invest time in in the musicians that are younger than him and he's so i mean he's the nicest guy yeah nicest guy so down to earth and um doesn't have um, it always makes me sad when you have somebody that's really talented, but they have the ego thing, or they're just not a nice person. Yeah. And Jeff isn't that. Jeff is yeah. Jeff is what you would hope any musician would be like. Just Absolutely. a genuinely good guy. Yeah, that whole ego thing, man. That's a that's a that's a tricky one. I yeah. Don't, uh, Cause well, I mean, for myself personally, I know like during my heyday of drinking, it's like I thing was is I couldn't hold a job, but I was still pretty talented. So like people kinda of put up a lot of shit until it was like, okay, I can't deal with this. Sure. Shit. So like I would have these great moments where people were like cheering you on and shit and then afterwards I would just be oh I'm the fucking greatest. The one time and I and I am so embarrassed. Like there's so much in my life that I'm embarrassed about, but you know, that's just what happened is that I actually was like, get out of my way to somebody in the doorway who was just standing there just chilling, and they were just like, oh, I'm sorry. And, and, my, and my wife, who was dating me at the time, was just like, oh, my God, what the fuck? You know, like, what? Yeah. It's, it's, it's that alcohol thing, and, and I'm not here to, re- I'm not trying to rehash the whole alcohol thing, but it, it just was not my friend. It's not my ally. Yeah. You know, it's like weed, eh, can, it, it can be my ally sometimes. <laughs> Uh, but uh, most of the time it is. Uh, so with the album and, yeah. and uh, with all these musicians and what did you go into? I know you said that like with that one, the one song mm-hmm. you, you only had like this very bare idea yeah. and you wanted wanted that. When you went into it, did you have this idea that you kind of wanted a, a bigger sound? I mean, have you have you had a band? Have you and your wife had a, yeah, like a full yeah. band? Yeah, actually, when we first started playing out, we weren't playing just as an acoustic duo. We, okay. we played with a full band. Um, I discovered um, that I like doing that very occasionally. Mm-hmm. I... Um, I don't have like a powerhouse voice, and so so screaming it feels like screaming over a drum set. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite thing to do. So that's <laughs> that's where I discovered the acoustic thing um, was my favorite. But um, I love 
a good orchestration. So mm-hmm. that was part of it. That's why you you hear. I feel like there's just a wide variety of stuff on the there album. Is. I feel like it's very reflective of um, musically what I care about. Like you hear big harmonies. Um, one of the tracks was an instrumental. Um, oh yeah. I I Inter- love writing instrumental music. What is it called intermission? Intermission. Yeah. yeah. Um, literally just needed a title for it and it was kind of in the middle <laughs> yes. of the album. So Perfect. yeah, I love, I love to, um, compose and, um, am an acoustic baby at heart, but I also love a really big sound too. So, um, I came into the studio with a rough idea for most songs and, um, Chuck just worked, we worked really well together and he was able to kind of put a voice to what I was trying to explain mm. and trying to convey, um, to him what what I wanted with each of the tracks and um, he helped me develop that. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, like, seriously, shout out to Chuck Mock and Happy Hands Club because he does amazing work and um, I think sometimes going into the studio, that's the struggle. You kind of have an idea of what you, what you want the ultimate package to sound like but sometimes um, describing that and conveying that and then actually um, bringing it to life, that can be hard. So working with um, a recording engineer who is really able to to foster that and bring that out of you that's huge yeah absolutely it, you, I don't know if you, I don't know how much experience in the studio you have it but you, have you ever worked with like an engineer or something that might have been like had a bad day no that was my first that out? was my first real experience so oh, I cool. I've I've heard a lot of horror <laughs> stories and all through I mean my my recording process kind of got stretched out working around a, a normal work schedule right um, but I've heard I heard horror, horror stories about that, and um, I I was I was never in a bad mood going into the studio. Right. Chuck was never um, snippy with me or anything. Um, you want to talk about like the world's most patient? <laughs> um, he if if I wasn't happy with something, he he would go with me until I was happy with it, and just very encouraging. Like, yeah. um, and I've heard horror stories <laughs> where the recording engineer is basically. Um, telling you that you suck yeah. and and um even even if i could tell that chuck maybe heard a note that wasn't quite there even the way he would suggest that we should redo it was so kind and nice and honoring of what i was doing so yeah. um, i'm very thankful that i i found chuck <laughs> and worked with him as opposed to maybe somebody that wouldn't have been so great to work with. I've only had one like small experience, but it wasn't as bad as like you were terrible. But it was like this guy just being mad about his life and just putting off terrible vibes and like oh, like we're as a band we're trying to like go in and record like some yeah. cool happy music and this guy's just like. Chuck has a a sarcastic side mm. just like I do, and um, so. Uh, you know the humor vibe, which nice. is a big thing. Yeah. Like I, lo- I love to joke around and stuff. So, well, that's helpful. Yeah. It's helpful. Oh my god! Yeah, absolutely. I-, I love that laughter can just sort of ease a situation. Oh hell yeah! Oh my make gosh! It better. Absolutely. Even if it's uncomfortable and yep. everybody can laugh at it. Yeah, like, that's the truth. I respect comedians so much, but could never be one myself. <laughs> I hear you. That's too much. That's too much pressure, man. <laughs> it's just you. And that microphone, yep. And your fucked up jokes, you yep. know, like that's it, man. And if you, uh, and then you have those out there judging you, and that's very true. 
it's just so much easier to s- sit and hide behind a, a an instrument. And, and even yeah. if, if people aren't listening to you or whatever, and you're just sort of the background music, it, it's, it's that's fine. The talking part in between songs is for sure my least favorite part. <laughs> like if I could just sing and not yeah. have to communicate in that way, that's something that performance-wise I've worked really hard on just because I always feel... I feel so awkward. Like the talking part feels really awkward. Yes. It's probably partly the environment that we all play in. Like you're playing for people that are really there to eat their dinner and right. stuff. So yeah. it's kind of awkward. But It is. It is. And you're trying to win <laughs> over somebody who just had like a rough week at work yeah. and just wants to grab a bite to eat with their wife and have a drink. Yeah. And, you know, and then <laughs> we're talking at them like, right. how are you? Yeah, I pretty much just stick with the the thanks yes. and, and who we are. Yeah. And even that's painful. <laughs> well, you know what's fucked up is that I, I've never sang really, and now I'm starting to sing for a band I play with and in town here, and um, nobody else talks on the mic. And so, like, because I have the podcast, yeah. they're like, oh, you know how to talk to people on stage? You talk to people. <laughs> and it's like there's a difference between talking into a microphone mm-hmm. in your room. That, just oh, my God, yes, that's so true. And then talking to a crowd of yep. people who, like, don't give a shit or do give a shit or, you know, or, or somewhere yeah. in between. And and then the shit that comes out of my mouth because I'm nervous chatting sometimes. Yeah. And I'll just be like, hey, we're great at concessions. We're doing great. Man, how about Michael Jackson? You sure was weird, huh? Those pedophiles. Oh, okay. I don't think I should have said that. Okay. Uh, this <laughs> next song is by Al Green. <laughs> so it's like that. And, yeah. You know, that was a terrible example. And. <laughs> I that actually I get did what, happen. I get though. what you're saying. That was something that happened, by the way. That wasn't just a made up thing. <laughs> that, that I just go to pedophilia as examples, but it, that but that's what we're talking about here. This yep. awkward. Yeah. I don't know really what to say here. And these guys are. And what sucks is that they'll be sitting up there like trying to figure out what they want to play next. Yeah. It's like no, we should play this. Bitch, fucking follow the sellers. That's what it's there for. <laughs> Make a decision. And meanwhile, I'm up there just saying the most stupidest. Fuck. I, I shouldn't have a microphone. Um, <laughs> or at least it should be taken away but in between songs. Um, but, but yeah, that, it, that, it, that inter, it, uh, the exchange yeah. between yeah. people and stuff. And my wife, she's gotten better because she wasn't great at it either at first. But now she's like, she's able to just like, she'll just be sitting there staring at people and singing to them and and she's yeah. like that kind of person who could, who loves to make eye contact. Well, see, when when I have the hardest time making eye contact when there are people there that I know, <laughs> it just feels awkward, like yeah. staring into one of my friend's eyes while I'm yeah. singing right. about whatever. It just feels weird and awkward. Like I know I'm here to perform, but please don't look at me. Yeah, stop <laughs> looking. Yep. Stop looking. I have this little dog at home that my mom. It's my mom's dog. I live with my mother. <laughs> <laughs> It's and he just like he's an asshole, but I've come to just love him because he's so cute. Fuck, he's so cute. But he's such an asshole. He bites babies. He barks all the fucking time. He pukes up snot, slime, and then eats it. He's fucking disgusting. But he's so cute. Um, <laughs> I forgot why I brought him up. ADHD mixed with uh, uh, excessive use of cannabis is not a great way to run a podcast. 
but uh yeah fuck it who cares that i have my dog that's that's where that story ends <laughs> uh <laughs> uh the the performing aspect of it you yeah. uh it, it's just you and your wife yeah and, and, and yeah, she, she plays, plays bass, bass. Okay. yeah uh, who playing piano um, oh, you do. Yep. Okay. Yep. Are um, you playing on? Yeah. Okay. Um, some of them I am, and then um, a, a couple of them. I think two of them. Um, Chuck's daughter Grace Mock oh. plays keys. She's a phenomenal keyboard player. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he yeah. has this like this little, mm-hmm. this whole little like music factory yep. going on in his house. I like that. Yeah. She. I know for sure she played on Always There, and then she also played on Don't Let Me Go, and um, we've played a few gigs together, and she's awesome. Oh, she's that's awesome. Nice. Really into Carol King and the Beatles. Has <sighs> really great music taste and has a nice voice and very talented. Um, have you, have you played piano out or do you generally? <laughs> yeah, I generally play guitar, mm-hmm. but, uh, just, I've brought my keyboard to a couple gigs. It's just a lot yeah. to, to oh, yeah. bring with me. Yeah. But yeah, I've played for some people. I, I love playing by myself at home and, and, uh, yeah, I enjoy it. It's just guitar is my main for sure. How far into the guitar did you get? Are, are you, are, do you do like scales? Do you do solos? Like how far have um, you gotten? Just into? recently, in the past few years, I've started soloing a little nice. bit. I am a rhythm player at heart. Um, I I feel like I've kind of de- developed my own style with it a little bit. Um, definitely not like the I am innovating music, right. but I'm I'm just a very percussive player. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've had a couple of people tell me they can tell that it's me playing, um, yeah. even if they don't know that it's me. Just I just play very percussively. And give me an example, please. Oh, Sorry, absolutely. Mean to demand. No, you're good. Uh, yeah, I like. It. You're almost Thanks. keeping a rhythm with yeah, your, yeah. With your palm um, and like stuff. we just started doing covering "Dancing in the Dark" uh, by Springsteen. Okay, and sweet. um, yeah, just the uh, kind of kind of finger picky, but also very. I mean, just kind of keeping mm-hmm. keeping the beat. And I think because um, when I started playing guitar, it wasn't in a, a band or anything. I just kind of learned to be my own rhythm, my own per- percussion with it, and so that's just kind of. Uh, the style that I I developed and I'm I I'm cool with it <laughs> and I'm cool I'm with cool it. with it yeah no, I, uh, there's a certain point in your in your like when I was younger I thought that I was gonna be this like jazz virtuoso guy <laughs> sure <laughs> and you know as I got older and as I you know as I my priorities shifted from music to like the other side of music, which yeah. is hanging out, drinking, and carousing. <laughs> sure. Right. You know, like, um, that's what I was more focused on. So. Sure. But at some point, like, I just was like, uh, I, 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 I got to, uh, I don't want to just be at the same level for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, and I'm not that happy with my playing currently. But I'm growing, and, and I'm growing steadily. Well, that was with, like, fine. with the adding some lead stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, That's just kind of... I just kind of felt like that that was something that I wanted to know how to do just because yeah. I thought it was cool. But also it does add some things to um, the performance aspect of it. I got a little basic looper pedal, and mm-hmm. now it's nice because if we're playing a song that it, it's pretty much the, the same 
chords over right, and over right. again, I'll just loop it and then be able to solo over it. And I had a guitar player friend tell me that my, even my lead playing is pretty percussive. Just I think I'm still it's really what it is is I'm a sloppy lead player, and so I my hand is just kind of all over the place, <laughs> and so I just end up playing lead the same. But the mechanics are very similar to how <laughs> yeah. I play rhythm, so I guess it's really really percussive too but it's it's a fun new skill to have um, a shit ton of room for improvement because i pretty (laughs) much do the same few things over and over again when i solo but um it's been cool to kind of be able to add that in as a as another thing yeah yeah the loop pedal changed our lives it's so cool i I love love, i love layering the acoustic parts Mm -hmm. and everything um we do this this really cool really broken down version of Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. Oh, and I just loop a couple guitar parts and then play another one over it. And it's it's just cool. I feel like it just adds to things. Right. Yeah. I Oh, uh, the loop, man. Uh, that was like, because when we moved back here, we we're kind of trying to figure out what we we're going to do. And we had yeah. an act. And, but we, you know, like we had an act that we could fill like up to three hours with, but it sure. wasn't what it is now. Where it's just like we could probably go for hours and hours. Now, I mean, we wouldn't want to, but sure. you know, <laughs> we could if we had to for I whatever ridiculous reason that would be. Uh, my, my wife's like, I'm not playing four hour gigs anymore. <laughs> I'm done with that. Was, and soon she's gonna be like, I'm done with three hour gigs. I'm done with that. And 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 she and she will be. <laughs> and that's what we'll be from that point on. But the but yeah, the looper pedal, like we're just able to. Because because of kind of the the set because of how we approach the show is now we kind of do like the you know if you have a request we'll butcher it for you yeah um so like it's kind of been like a segue and it's been fun for me because I get to go and like when I'm just like high as shit and just like dicking around on my uh, on my pedal board. I, I can come up with these different loops and then those sure. loops make it into our show. So it's like, it's not just the, I get to take these like kind of fleshed out ideas and, and present them sure. for it, it. And where it's just me because she's over here looking on the iPad, learning how to sing Louie Louie or whatever, you know, whatever yeah. that person just yelled at us. So um, it's been, it's just become like such a cool little fixture. And plus we incorporate it into other songs yeah. and stuff too, but it, it, it just, it, it took, it, it made it so we had a little bit more fluidity to the whole thing. Well, I'm the only, um, my wife doesn't sing, so it's just me. So um, oh, nice. I use the looper, and then my other toy that I use, I got um, a harmonizer pedal Ooh. and spent a shit ton of time dialing it in just so so that it wouldn't sound robotic or anything. Yeah. And um, that's been fun what, because. What'd you get? Which one? I got the um, TC Helicon, the harmony singer. The one that goes up here? Yeah. Um, no, no, it doesn't go up there. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's still, the, it's yep, the, yeah, it's, okay. it's a stomp box. Yeah. Um, very basic. You can choose between um, different harmony modes. I like the one where it's you just have the one above and below, and mm-hmm. it just makes that really nice tight yeah. three-part harmony. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I was like, yeah, she has a harmony pedal. Yeah, I, yeah. I I love it's, it. It's it's a great it's a great tool if you don't have anybody else that's singing yes. with you. There are just certain songs that, especially on choruses, it'll really fill that out. Right. And so those are my two toys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. I like to talk <laughs> about toys. Toys, and you have a very nice Martin. Thank you, what, sir. What is that? Um, it's a D series. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. Guitars. Oh, thanks. Guitars. And, and well, I started out. My first guitar. I actually, still have my very first guitar. Oh, that's very it nice. was a little, um, 
a little uh, classical style guitar. So I learned on nylon strings, oh. which for a kid, a little kid, totally recommend it. It's so much easier mm-hmm. on your hands. Um, I don't have strings on it anymore. Um, and I ended up, um, it says now on the front of the body, it says music is what feelings sound like. And I just had, it's just kind of there's like yeah. a memory thing. But um, I had to work my way through a bunch of shitty guitars to get to this one. <laughs> so this was like, this was my, you are actually serious about playing this yeah. treat. Yeah. That, th- but those, th- those are the, but those are the purchases. That's when yep. you're like, this is it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to spend this exorbitant amount of money yep. on what I love. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm a huge Martin fan. I, I love Martin guitars. I'm also not, uh, so guitar snobby that I think, well, that guitar is shitty based on brand because I think you right. can have a guitar that um, you don't, you've never even heard of the brand before, and it'll blow you out of the water. Yeah. It's more of a preference thing. For it sure. really is, and like I have a friend who just swears up and down that Fender Stratocasters are garbage, and I'm just like, dude. You realize, well, like, that's a R&B really was like incorrect built. statement, but <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Oh, it's all about the fucking Gibson fucking gold top, bro. The fucking Les Paul gold top. Don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Les Paul fan, yeah, but I love I've also heard some amazing um, guitarists play Stratocasters. It's 100% a preference thing. It is. And, and to say that, like, an entire brand of yeah. guitar, it's like saying a whole group of people aren't. Good well, enough. <laughs> I know some Martin players who think that Taylors are garbage, and yeah. Taylor players think. I just don't look at it that way. I no. just personal preference Martin. Yeah, that's what I love. And by the way, comparing, <laughs> I uh, me comparing racism and and, pre- and guitar preferences is not even nowhere the same. So <laughs> sorry, even made that analogy. Which I probably should just moved on and uh, acknowledge <laughs> that at all. So um, uh, just a couple more. Uh, uh, rapid fire, and then we'll get to a yeah, performance. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, what is a seminal album for you? Like an album that sort of just changed mm-hmm. the way you look at music, the way that you approach music, just just everything. I always give my example: "Bitches Brew" is uh, Miles Davis sort of blew the doors off nice. the hinges, and I realized that as a musician, as a music lover, that this is not an easy question, and it doesn't have to be one. So, yeah, it's it's okay. Um, yeah, that is a hard question, but um, my absolute favorite artist that I look up to a lot is Sarah Bareilles. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I thought that actually yep. coming over, I was like, Sarah Bareilles. Oh this, my gosh, not thank that, you. Not that, that I was comparing you to her, but, no, like, but that still, was like, oh, I whatever, hear, even yeah. me being in the your mental stratosphere along with her is cool. Oh, yeah, right just her, um, her writing is amazing. Um, even though she has stuff on Top 40 Radio, she very much has her toes in in the jazz waters. Mm. Um, her voice is beautiful. Yeah. She does things with her voice that I wish I could do with my voice. She's awesome. Um, and she is just portrays herself as a very real human being, and I, th- I think that's awesome. Um, I, I can't even remember the very first Sarah Bareilles album that I listened to, but um, I do remember the very first time I heard her that was kind of a game changer for mm. me. And then knowing her story, I mean, she started out like all of us did. She was playing in coffee shops and not getting paid and just continued to put the work in. And and so um, definitely her and then um, discovering Ava Cassidy. Oh. That was huge, too, from a vocal standpoint. Yeah. Um, I used to I used to kind of get insecure about my voice because – it's it's not that like stereotypical like soprano like classic pop singer mm-hmm. girl voice and she 
I felt like I could identify a lot with with her. Yeah. She wasn't um, over the top with her vocals, um, doing a ton of runs. She wasn't a power singer because I'm not right. those things. Um, and I think. But technically, you have a really great Thank approach. You. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I think um, Sarah Bareilles and Ava Cassidy kind of helped me accept my own voice a lot more. And um, the, Sarah Bareilles is technically an amazing player. She's an amazing pianist. Um, I later found out she's also a really good rhythm player. So mm. just uh, if I were to aspire to be like a musician, it would be her. I used to play a Ava Cassidy song in a band. I can't remember what it was, but it was a cover that she did. Yeah, um, the stuff that she's famous for is her covers. Is her covers. Yeah. I mean, she's a beautiful version of Time After Time and Fields of Gold. And oh, it might have been Fields of Gold. Yeah, she's her, her voice is beautiful. I'm just trying to remember. It was a band that I was. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> who gives a shit? Uh, what is a, a weakness in your playing or singing yep. um, that you have overcome in the past or mm-hmm. are overcoming currently? i give my example. My left hand is garbage on the piano, so I, uh, I try to run drills with it to no avail. Um, I still have the two-hand syncopation thing that sucks donkey nuts, but uh, what? please share. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I used to have horrible stage fright. Mm. Um that there was no pivotal moment that that just went away. I think just continuing, just pushing myself to, yeah, oh my gosh, my parents somewhere, um, on a, on a, um, old school videotape, uh, have a recording of, uh, I think a song I did in chapel in like seventh or eighth grade. And you can just hear my voice shaking. I was so nervous. I think over time that just kind of went away. Um, there are a lot of things with my voice that I um, I'm I'm always working on stuff vocally. Um, I I feel like I I perform well, but there are always aspects of it um, that I'm working I I work on. Um, I've worked a lot on my um, falsetto, my head voice over the years. I used to hate it, yeah. um, and uh, part of that was that I just wasn't working on it and um, just working on better breath control mm. and everything, and then. Probably my biggest guitar weakness is um, is is my lead playing, mm-hmm. um, and the cool thing with that is because I am still so incredibly inexperienced. There's so much for me to learn, and mm-hmm. that's exciting. And um, just working to push myself to continue learning new things. Yeah. That's that's the that's the cool thing about being a musician is you can never get perfect right. at any aspect of it, right. and so um, it's nice if I find myself going through like a boredom phase. It, there's a million things I can work on. Right. And so just uh, just continually working on being an all-around great great performer, that's just something that I want to just keep working at and so I can do the best work that I possibly can. And still working on the the crowd interaction from the stage. Like I said, that's that's the part that I dislike the most. When Once I'm off the stage and off the mic interacting with people, I, I love meeting people and mm-hmm. I, love, I love interacting with them and hearing them tell me how – what we've been doing is impacting them, and that's awesome. But um, mm. just just getting to where it's more natural for me to do that, and um, maybe that'll never come, or maybe that will. But, um, yeah, probably my greatest weakness as a performer is just communicating on stage. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, thank you for actually, because I didn't finish the question because I'm that guy. 
was like, how do you overcome it or how yeah. are you overcoming it? So thank you for finishing that. Hey, up. I've got you. I've got you. <laughs> also, it just when you're telling me, uh, I don't know what triggered it, but we played bars a couple weeks ago and yeah. there was two tables there to see you and your wife. Picking Kelly. Oh, that's so really maybe, funny. Maybe maybe you guys canceled or something, or maybe they got the days wrong or something. Maybe they. Oh, you know what? This was like a couple weeks ago. We were scheduled probably on the day that you guys were mm-hmm. there, and then there was a private party that requested us to be playing the night that they were there. So mm-hmm. we got moved to that date. Gotcha. So I'm sorry. I hope they enjoyed your <laughs> your no, play. No, no. Actually, we we created new fans, and um, cool. And Nikki loved us, so <laughs> she was like, "Oh, we got Nikki is fantastic." Fantastic. Uh, is that your first time there? No, it was our second. Okay, uh, No, cool. our third, our third. Because um, um, whoever was booking there first. Yeah, she Casey. Just, Casey was just pulling us in for just um, for um, uh, to fill in. Fill yeah, in. So, cool. Which is fine. Well, you I'm, know, glad, that's you how end, you I'm glad you ended up in there. That I love that place. Yeah, I love the really staff. Great. We've gotten yeah. close to a lot of the staff oh, there. And yeah, it's awesome. No, they're we all love that very place. nice. Yeah. And just, everybody's just a... Uh, Have you eaten the food? Yes. Phenomenal. So good. Yeah. I'm so happy about that. I love playing places with good food. Me man. too. There's just... You can't go wrong, and especially if they're willing to give it to you. <laughs> you don't have to pay for it. I am That's, all about it's that. It's a good life. deal. It's a good deal. Do you do you guys play the Dirty Bird at all? Oh, we used to quite a bit. Mm-hmm. We we haven't really the past couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. but that was for a while. That was kind of a regular spot. That that's another place. I like their food, but and they give you the food. I don't know if bars does. I don't think they do, but I can't remember. Anyways, it, and anyways, the, the it, it, those that that combination because. It used to be like, well, are they gonna give us free booze? And now it's like, well, are they gonna give us free food? Yeah, if I'm if I'm trying to book us at a new place and they um, use like a tab as an incentive for drinks, yeah. if my wife's there, she's she's a, a she drinks, but she has that amazing off switch. Yeah, yeah, which is that that unicorn thing. God, I know. Only um, so that if but if it's just me doing a solo gig, I'm like, yeah, that. Does not benefit me in yeah, the slightest. Thanks, <laughs> thanks. You could, I guess, just keep it. Right, right. <laughs> you could actually cash that out and give that. Right, to me. exactly, exactly. Oh, you don't do that. Oh, okay. Well, I guess <laughs> I'll just sit over here sober and play my do my job here. <laughs> well, Ashley, I I so appreciate it. This this has been a thanks lovely, for having me. Lovely hour and a good and a half. chat. Yes, uh, thank you for being open and honest yeah. about you know. That's all how the I things. roll. That's good. No, I, and I appreciate that out of. <laughs> Out of guess because, because I I I don't like people who put on airs that are like you know like you know that, I'm fine that is not me I'm, nothing's wrong no. and like I'm perfect image of perfection no I am a hot mess <laughs> and am willing to perfectly willing to admit it but I'm I'm also a hot mess that that. Uh, is just constantly trying to be less of a hot mess, and I care about people, and I don't see any point in being not being authentic. Authenticity is amazing. Well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. With that, with that uh, do you, do you mind playing a song for I us? I will play a song. Okay. This is um this is always there.
can still remember the day that I quit trying to find you. You've been there all along. Somehow I never knew. All I wanted was for someone to be there. To know that even for a second, you maybe cared. You never give up. You never let go. Every time I pulled away, you pulled me back again. When I felt like I would fall, you were my support. When I shut myself off and covered the hurt, no matter what, you never gave up. You were always there. You were always there again. My heart just wouldn't let go. Locked inside, the hurt I just couldn't outgrow. Every time you tried to break the wall, I felt a glimmer of hope. But as soon as you get close, my trust would fall. You never gave up. You never let go. Every time I pulled away. Pull me back again when I felt like I would fall. You were my support when I shut myself off and covered the hurt. No matter what, you never gave up. You were always there. You were always there again. And that was Always There by 
Ashley Kelly. Uh, you can find that album, the studio version, on her uh, on the full length album, and I believe it's under Ashley Kelly. Uh, I don't think it's under Picking Kelly. No, so it's it's actually under Ashley Kelly on Spotify, and that's A S H E. Oh, oh my God, A S H L E Y K E L L E Y. And uh, you can find that on Spotify. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can go and find and listen and support and uh, find out where Picking Kelly is playing in the area. Also, you can go to Picking Kelly. Oh, is that? No, sorry. My bad. KellyMusicInc.com. And that's K-E-L-L-E-Y-M-U-S-I-C-I-N-C.com. And, um, of course, they're on Facebook. And I believe they're on Instagram. But uh, we're, I know for a fact that Picking Kelly's on Facebook, and that will be in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Next week we're gonna have Jason T. Black. You know Jason; he's on the show. He's been on the show before. He's been on the show with the the episode breakdowns that we do for like Breaking Bad and um, the other shit that we do on this show. That's nonsensical. <laughs> but but Jason has a new album out right now. That it, it's a live album. And uh, you can find that on Spotify, anywhere you stream your music. Jason T. Black. Um, So he'll be on the show next week. Uh, Go to RainaMystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com, and check out the latest news, which is that we have on 125, January 25th, 2020, we have two new songs coming out. On Spotify, Google Play, iTunes Music, anywhere you get your music, it's going to be available. So go check out RainaMystique.com. You can also hit the Experience tab and find out where me and my lovely wife will be playing in the Toledo region. You can also go and follow us on We Speak English Good, or excuse me, at We Speak English Good on Instagram or on uh, Facebook. And uh, let's see, write the show at wespeakenglishgood at gmail.com. Let me know if I should pursue other members of Acoustic Hookah. I don't know. Maybe I should. Maybe I won't. Maybe I... Oh, geez. All right. <laughs> and let's see, what else is there? Leave a, leave a rating for us on the iTunes. That's always helpful. We, we very much appreciate that. Uh, on the iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast, leave a review, leave a comment, reach out on, on Facebook, reach out on Instagram. We'll read that shit on air. We, we, just, we, we just love hearing from you. So let me know what's going on with you. Uh, that's it for now. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Have a wonderful weekend. Um, I, yeah, that's everything. Oh, I have a gig this weekend with, uh, actually, two gigs just happened uh, with Green Acre Sessions out at the Dirty Bird in Toledo, huh? And uh, that's from 8 to 11. And then I'll be just going a block over <laughs> to the Bronze Boar. And I will be playing with my new friends, JoJo Stella, who Christopher has been on the show before. So go check out that episode with Holy Shit. This is terrible. I'm sorry, Christopher, that I forgot your last name. I'm just, I'm not good with names. It's just not in my wheelhouse. Uh, um, Small details do tend to slip through. (laughs) Oh, man. That just doesn't sound good. Uh, So, uh, Christopher Mc... Wait a minute. No, that's not. It's Christopher Lee Metjes is the episode that, uh, for the singer JoJo Stella. All that for that. So, uh, that's it for me. 
Have a good weekend. Uh, HJ's for everybody. And uh, uh, be good to your fellow human beings. And I love you. And bye. Fresh.